Hello, happiness seekers. Welcome to the Happiness Challenge podcast. I'm Claudia Mitura, and I'm on a mission to explore the best happiness habits that science has to offer. Like so many others, the pandemic cut me off from my family and work, so I decided to use my training as a psychologist to discover what science can tell us about the art of happiness. What I found set me on a path to joy, and now I'm ready to share my journey with you. Each month, I'm publishing three linked episodes where I'm speaking to a leading expert, putting their tips to the test and sharing my findings and feelings. From mindfulness to exercise and random acts of kindness, I'll be shining a light on the simple happiness habits that can bring more joy to our lives. So join me as I embark on my challenge and together we can become more successful, resilient and happy. Hello, happiness seekers. Welcome to this month's challenge where I'll be exploring how to shift our mood on the month. Helping me with this topic is clinical psychologist, Dr. Sean Sullivan, who is the CEO of One Perfect, a platform that delivers mindset-shifting experiences. Sean is going to introduce us to the concept of shifts and guide us through shifting our state of mind. So let's practice together, getting back to feeling our best, no matter what's the situation. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Claudia. I am so excited that you are here. I must say, I am very intrigued to know more about shifts. I had quite frustrated, let's say, conversations and experiences at work this week. And I did struggle to let go of my frustration and shift into that more positive state of mind. So shall we start with just saying, what are shifting experiences? What are shifts? Yeah, yeah. In those experiences you mentioned, which of course we all have, right, throughout pretty much every day of our lives as our mind state moves around each day. Maybe it's different in the morning than it is after lunch or after we get annoyed by someone. Annoyed by someone, by the way, is one of the most popular shifts that people choose. But to answer your question specifically, a shift is a short digital experience that guides you into a better state of mind. And it tends to be a five to 10 minute experience. I say digital, it's usually an audio experience, can be visual. And actually we found that the most popular is delivering a shift by text to your inbox. And so you can even read through the text of your shift and really control the speed of it and when you do it and how deeply you engage with it that way. And then upcoming, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this, is someone can also deliver you a live shift. So that would be a spoken shift, perhaps. It could be on video. It could be in person. So it doesn't have to be a digital experience. But what we've tested over the course of the last four years, pilots and then with customers, is just delivering a short digital experience and assessing whether when someone's done with it, they had moved into a better state of mind, closer to where they had indicated they wanted to be. And I can go into that history in more detail, but but really the answer to the question, shift is a short digital experience that guides you into a better state of mind anytime. Brilliant. Okay. That sounds like a perfect remedy when we need that boost of happiness, when we need to come back to that peace, contentment, joy. That sounds absolutely 
incredible and how shifting help us to maintain and achieve that high level of personal performance and fulfillment. So what are the benefits of knowing how to shift your state of mind? Yeah, well, okay, where do I begin? Honestly, I think of a lots of different branches that opens up. To me, what has been really surprising pleasantly is that not only can roughly 90% of people who complete that experience report that they are in a better state five minutes later, but when you know that you're able to do that, there's a major shift that occurs within you because all of those experiences that come up, like you talked about during the day, or for me, it was often overnight. I'd wake up, you know, with a lot of anxiety in the middle of the night because you got to get up in the morning and too much to do and not enough sleep. All those things we go through. Once you know that you have a tool, a solution for that, then the fear that is provoking that experience in the first place tends to reduce substantially over time. And the more confident you feel that you have a solution, the more the fear reduces, the less the experiences arise in the first place. And uh, so that's reflected in a lot of experience that I've seen as a psychologist over time in my own life. But then also in the research, you see that if you're able to be consistent with experiences like shifts, even short five-minute meditative experiences, and you do that consistently over time, we're seeing brain changes associated with that activity that reflect lower baseline stress. And you know, we could talk about it a lot of different ways, but a better feeling of competence around your ability to be where you want to be in a peaceful, stress-free vibe. And then, you know, I talked about why it triggers so many different answers to me. When you go downstream from that, if you have reduced stress over time, all sorts of health benefits, all sorts of positive things occur in your body as you reduce stress. Um, And the opposite is true if you have stress, you know, extended during your life. You have a lot of damage to cells and you need your cells to be healthy to replicate. So to me... This is a very exciting new way of thinking about how we can be proactive about our wellness, our mental health, because I think it's been assumed for a long time that it took a lot longer in terms of length of meditation experience to produce those benefits. And now we're seeing both in our own data and then in a lot of top level research that the shorter experiences, provided that you do them consistently, are having those benefits. And it turns out that the short experiences are a lot easier to build a habit around for most people. I mean, absolutely. When we have such a busy schedule every single day, yes, five minutes, 10 minutes, so much more achievable. And as you're saying, the consistency is the key. The consistency here is the key. And I'm so intrigued by the fact you're saying that they are very measurable effects on our brain. Because I think that's really, it's from a science perspective is, wow, this is exactly what we're looking for, for that long-term change. So I would reflect that excitement too on my side. Five minutes is so different than 20 minutes in the sense that, you know, right before I come on with you, before I do a therapy session, the first thing at the day when I'm having my coffee, I'll build those five minute segments in, bring myself into whatever state, but typically it's just, you want to come into peace. You want to come into presence. You want to kind of navigate into a flow state. So you bring that presence into the next activity. And just to be clear, 
with you and your listeners, the research that I'm referring to on the shorter experiences is not on shifts specifically. It's on shorter meditative experiences, shorter breathing exercises. It seems that the common theme here across the research that shows these effects, these brain changes, and also the reports of positive changes is... Well, it's a shift in your physiology that's going to occur, whether you're doing breath work or you're doing meditation or doing a shift, but it's really a bringing yourself into presence that's reducing stress. And that seems to be the core. If you can do that in any exercise or experience, typically thought of as practices, but I like thinking of it as just life now, because you five minutes, you can just build into your lifestyle. It's not so much a practice, except for the fact that you mentioned it's if you want those brain changes, if you want the physiological change, five minutes works. If you want the brain changes, it seems like a couple months. But what we know about habits like this is if you do it for 21 days, it tends to be the habit anchors. And so getting to the couple months then becomes much more natural if you can you know, build the habit. Mm. And having that amazing comfort, as you previously mentioned, that I know that I can deal with any life situations because I have that ability to shift my mindset and give myself that relief, give myself that pause and break to build my resilience and then face what is currently happening that might be distressing. I think that's really important in terms of confidence of managing our own emotions and well-being as well. And I think you call it a mental uh, fitness revolution. Mental fitness. I love that term. I love mental fitness. I think it captures this idea that we try to present with shifting, that you can be shifting out of sort of mental health type issues, sadness, anger, loneliness, up to wellness. You know, you just want to reduce stress and stay in a calm state up to performance. You know, I want to get motivated. I'm feeling not motivated at work. I have a meeting coming up. I want to get in the right state. And I think the fitness encompasses all of that. And so I've come to think really of the capacity to shift your state of mind as a foundation of mental health, mental wellness. And so mental fitness is a nice term there. And yeah, I appreciate you highlighting that. To me, that's the hidden, unbelievable value of doing this stuff is that once you know that you have the skill developed for yourself, then everything about your life shifts, for lack of a better word. The fear that you carry around about, I might get triggered, you know, and that might run from, I might have an anxiety attack for some people on that mental health side, to I'm not good at X, Y, or Z on the other side, and I have fears about that. All of that gets reduced a bit, and the downstream effects of that on your life, I think, are awesome. Shall we try? Can you guide us, myself and my listeners, through that shifting into their chosen state of mind? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. So why don't I just preface it by saying a couple things. One is I'll maybe talk a little bit more during this just to highlight the structure of how we go through it a little bit more detail. Then you might get in a shift. And if you want to do free shifts, you go to OnePerfectShift.com and you choose one that's appropriate for you or you open the app and you get a very personalized experience. In this case, we'll do one sort of for everyone and maybe come into presence and, and just generally reduce stress. So that's one thing I like to say. And the other is I just want to highlight, I really do see learning the skill as the most important skill you can learn for yourself. That's what I've come to believe from doing it. So paying attention is a good idea. 
<laughs> we, we, we start always just about always sometimes i'll say hello how are you but really the first cue is let's take a long deep breath and as you do that this is really important also try to notice is there any change in my body in my physiology because becoming able to notice mini shifts i call them these tiny change in your in your body is the core skill because when you can notice that then you can expand what the meaning of a shift is for you so as i give this next cue try to notice for that next 10 seconds of silence does something occur in my body as i am following this cue and so the next cue that i love let's do let's do two one of my favorites is just put 100% of your attention scan around the space you're in wherever you are keep your eyes open for this period and just settle on any object that catches your attention i'm looking at a can of tomatoes and notice um, put 100% of your visual attention into looking at that and notice something you've never noticed before about it. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing the reflection of light, for example, in the shadows and darkness that are different every time you look at something. Mm, I'm looking at the plant and I'm noticing all the new leaves that will be growing soon. Nice. And if we just do that in silence for five seconds and notice how that changes your state at all mini shift and maybe you notice something maybe you didn't let's take it one step deeper and just let's close our eyes together another deep breath relax your shoulders allow your arms to fall towards the ground and now let's for 10 seconds just listen to life with a hundred percent of your attention all your attention and notice all of those sounds that you otherwise wouldn't even notice. And again, noticing your body changing. And so that's usually the beginning part, the sequence of just doing a mini shift, getting reconnected with this concept of presence, presence being having 100% of your attention where you want it. And often we'll go from there, depending on the topic, you know, the shift that we're trying to work towards. In this case, we talk about presence. And for me, what I reflect on about presence as I come fully into the present moment is a recognition that my body is 30 trillion buzzing cells of a miracle popping me into existence and giving us the ability to even have a conversation and follow each other. And for me, a reflection on the sort of miraculousness of just the life that we each live in frees me from all of the thoughts that can kind of cloud that reality when we have to or we choose to deal with our daily tasks and that helps to reduce the thinking in the mind and we can we do other exercises to do that specifically but as you release thoughts notice that they're slowing down anxiety reduces stress reduces presence increases and a shift is occurring and so from there, we'll talk a little bit, do some silences, a little bit of work over the course of five minutes. And we tend to come out of it with a very resetting that intention. And you probably should have said this at the beginning, set that intention to shift into the state of mind that you want to be in. And so if it's motivation, we might say, I want to be motivated for that next step of our day. We might close our eyes again and sort of visualize what's that next task. 
bring into your body why it's relevant and important to your life reconnect with the purpose to you that maybe visualize yourself doing it with a hundred percent of your attention and then maybe see the outcome that you're thinking about and then setting that intention to stay present for the rest of your day and doing all of that uh, tends to have a real impact not only obviously on the physiology right now but then sticking with it through the rest of the day and that cascading benefit builds as you continue to do it. So that's a little sort of talkative shifts. Let's that little more noise than usual, which I tend to like to do the first time we do it together and to educate a little bit more about the whys and the hows. No, thank you. That was absolutely amazing break. And, you know, yeah, I've relaxed instantly, just as you said, by taking a little bit briefer, because let's be honest, I had a quite busy day today. It's after 5 p.m. and I haven't stopped yet. So this was absolutely what I needed. And I would say that those shifts, I would almost call them micro mindfulness here. Mm. That's just injection that we need. And Yes, the intention is crucial, isn't it? Because we need to know what are we aiming for? What are we shifting towards? So having that clear when you go into that state, I think is really crucial. If we want to incorporate more shifts into our life, how can we do that successfully? What will be that one or maybe two practical steps that you will advise that we actually do stick with this for a month, for two months, and so on and so forth? So what practical advice would you give? Yes. So again, just reflecting on your intention statement, it is so important. And in fact, what happens when you come into doing a shift, whether you go to the website at oneperfectshift.com or you come into the app, you're identifying on your first clip. I need to shift loneliness. I need to shift anger. So in choosing that, you're setting your intention implicitly. Then we do it explicitly again as as we begin usually. And I would say, you know, it is mindfulness. It's a little different than mindfulness, but I love that way of thinking about it. These sort of mini mindfulness exercises. Mindfulness tends to have the specific intention of observing the present moment. That is the whole intention. Whereas a shift has the added intention of I'm going to get myself to a state of mind that's intentional. Whereas the mindfulness is a practice that has incredible, beautiful benefits and really is a foundation for building things like shifts. And we know there's so many benefits to doing that. Okay, so getting to your actual question, what we've found is that if you subscribe, you get a free shift every week in your inbox. And the best way to build the habit that we've seen is doing that because 50% of people who subscribe engage every week with their shift that they get. And so that's a step that you can take. The other one that I've built into my life that I found really helpful is just committing the first five minutes in the morning when you're having your coffee or your tea. And again, you know, it's sort of easy to say and harder to build a habit around without real intention. So that's why I love knowing that it's going to show up in my inbox. And I think we'll get to the point where we send two a week sometimes, we'll send more and more. And for most people who, if you can build it into a habit that you already have, and most people have the habit of looking at their email, and if you like what you see in your email, you tend to open it. And so that's a really nice way to begin to build the habit. I think things like our conversation here are really important and helpful also, because understanding the value of it to yourself is a huge driver of whether you're going to value it enough to make a habit out of it. 
So I guess that leads us to saying really connect to why it would be valuable in your life as you think about whether you do, in fact, want to create a habit around this or, or really anything else. Because when you break your habit, it's largely about you've forgotten why it was so important to you to do. So, you know, health, <laughs> to me, this is so self-reinforcing because you feel good after five minutes. And that's the reason, you know, for me that it builds the habit. Also, obviously, when you're in a rough spot and like we talked about, you know, you have a tool that's helpful. But in terms of really daily doing it, yeah, it feels better. The rest of your day goes better. Those are the things to really internalize, I think. And then taking that first step, you know, as a psychology person that taking the step of calling the therapist or calling the coach and really saying, I have something I want to work on is a massive contributor to the eventual change. So taking a step, I would say, is another really good activity, whatever that means for you. Hmm. Yes, and I'm going to definitely think about how this can help me with, as you mentioned in the beginning, that is the most common topic, a bit of annoyance and frustration. So I know personally that I tend to linger with that, tend to almost like replay what has happened yes. that frustrated me. And I think this would be fantastic for me to try out, to try to not give that frustration that much energy because, you know, it happened. Yes, I can take steps to solve it potentially, maybe potentially not, but my well-being is suffering because I keep replaying and keep thinking about that. So how do I then shift into, maybe not straight away into a joyful happiness moment, because I think personally it would be a big to jump for me, but thinking about how I can shift from, I keep replaying and thinking about frustration to I'm at peace with it. If you're on a two- out of 10 on your emotional scale when you start and you end up at a five, it's nice improvement. If you start at a six and end up a nine, that's great also. And then I think I'd also just remind people that, especially if you're in a tough uh, spot when you start, it might be that you have a very nice shift and you get to a better place. And then three minutes after it, you're back to ruminating on whatever it was that annoyed you. And this is totally normal. <laughs> but it's also the reason that repetition is so important. You know, you do it for a while and then the three minutes of peace that you've managed to build for yourself extend to 10 minutes. And you know, with mindfulness, your ability to have space from whatever it is that's flowing through your mind increases and you can manage that space more effectively as you do it. So just like in mindfulness or in meditation, you're going to get distracted. It's going to return. There's going to be those frustrations, and that's totally normal. Actually, it's an indication that things are working, right? Because you're, you wouldn't be returning to it unless you had taken a break from it for a little while. If you're in a good place, though, and you start it and do it, it's really going to cascade into an even better place. So depending on where you are, it has utility for you, I would say. Hmm. And thank you so much for stressing that, that it's absolutely normal when you kind of go back to a other state and then you may need to repeat it. I think that's really reassuring that it's not that we will arrive one day at the destination. It is a process and some weeks, months will be better at that and some months and weeks we will be not that good at that. And we can just be practicing and building it, having that intention, practicing the habit rather than, you know, annoyance with yourself. Why am I not getting this? Why I'm not 
shifting into more happiness every single time I do this. So I think that's really a realistic approach, which yeah. I think will be appreciated. <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, I'm a therapist also, and oftentimes actually it happened this week or someone comes into session and they're so fired up about what they're annoyed about, you know, that just happened at work. This other person did this and that. And so I will, as a therapist, often have the habit of saying, well, <laughs> this probably annoying statement of this sounds like a wonderful opportunity to practice a shift. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and the person sort of scowls. But the funny part of that is you, we can do a shift and then we can process it together a little bit more. And maybe even within the shift, you can process it somewhat constructively about, oh, you know, how do I want to look back on the way that I coped with, you know, this kind of situation and how am I going to feel like I'm really honoring myself and my purpose. And that can sort of shift how, how it returns when it returns. So yeah, totally normal. And also if you can take those triggers, whatever they are as reminders, oh, this is a great practice. And I found that, you know, I'm a nerdy psychologist, but for me, I'm like, oh, let's see. I'm really annoyed right now. Let's see if this works, you know, and do a little experiment with it. And it just gets you better at it by doing that over time. Yeah. So applying the idea of curiosity. Let me be curious about this experience. Let me see if I can do this. Yeah. Brilliant. Sean, it has been an absolute pleasure. And I always ask my guests one very important question. What makes you happy? Oh, that's so easy. I mean, <laughs> we're going to go back to the last answer. <laughs> Shifting into presence is like literally for me, the route to reconnecting with the word happy of its happiness, how you identify that sort of pure, joyful, adulterated state of being alive in the world. When I can come into that space, the freedom you know that I encounter is self-reinforcing is what brings me back to it. So what makes me happy is taking a long, deep breath, <laughs> setting that intention to come into the present moment, and just sitting, sitting and being, recognizing myself as life and being life for a little while. And that dropping into the pool of wisdom that that allows then lets me go on the rest of my day and really bring myself to it with the happy, happy vibe. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you so much uh, for coming to the podcast, The Happiness Challenge. It was a pleasure to speak to you. And I will definitely, definitely be practicing more shifting and seeing the results. Thank you so much. Thank you, Claudia. Great to talk to you.